This is the Millennial Millionaire Through Real Estate Podcast. All right, guys, before we get to today's show, let's get to today's show sponsor. After building my own portfolio, speaking with over 100 investors on this podcast and many more from the Facebook group, I've noticed a few common themes of why people don't get started or remain successful in real estate. They don't have the right team, they aren't sure of their market, or they don't know where to find deals. The people at Martel Turnkey are fixing this. That's why they offer fully turnkey properties in markets where the numbers actually make sense. What does this mean? It means they buy properties at a discount, fix them up, put a tenant in place, and oh yeah, give you options for property management or financing. They have people on the ground in cities where you can still cash flow and see appreciation every single month. I'll say it as simply as this. When you have the right team and systems in place, there's no reason not to get started. If you like a property or have any questions, you can schedule a phone call by clicking on the link below or going on their website and clicking on the contact tab to set up a call. There is no hard sell, push, or commitment needed. The call will be there to answer any questions you have or to see if or how their products might be a good fit for you and what you're looking for. So visit martelturnkey.com and click contact or send an email to info at martelturnkey.com today. What's up, guys? Jonathan here. This is your Friday episode where it's just me talking about what's new, questions that I'm having pop up, and uh, what I'm excited about in the future. And today's a little bit of a different episode. We have a big life update that, wow, I haven't really announced publicly other than just in the Facebook group. So this will be kind of, I guess, the first coming out. There's going to be a lot more on YouTube and LinkedIn and Facebook, especially now just as we're building out the content kind of team and just getting more kind of awareness out there. But this is my first official week out of corporate America doing real estate full time. Um, as some of you guys know, it's been something that I've wanted to do for about six years since I started real estate investing at 22 years old with a house hack. But I guess I can officially say it now that I am full-time. Um, some of you guys know I was able to hit my quote-unquote financial freedom number earlier this year where my cash flow from rentals was enough to cover my life expenses and then was able to do a couple more deals since then to just get a little more comfortable with it. And then, uh, well, I'll, I'll leave a little bit of suspense here. I will go into the story of how it kind of played out leaving uh, NetApp and parting ways there and now just doing this full-time. And how we've kind of just jumped right into some activity and set up um, in prep for some things that are coming up in a short period of time. So just got a tight window to work into and trying to do as much as we can and uh, document the journey. I want this to be kind of a blueprint for anyone that is looking or thinking about leaving their job at any point or how to build a side hustle on the side. And that is what I'm excited about doing and helping other people do uh, as we kind of go into the next endeavors here. So from a high level, though, I want to give a little background on how it happened in the last year. There's more detail in the first five years. But um, from a very high level, I moved back to New York with this job when um, I was, I think, 25. I need to double check, but moved back. It was a dream job in the corporate world for this type of position. You go to the field after being what's called an SDR and then an inside sales rep. I know some of you guys are in sales, some of you aren't, so that might mean something to you guys. But basically, it was the job that pretty much everyone aspires to, to be in. It was the job that I aspired to be in when I first started in the job. It's like you're a field rep or you're an account executive. You hear that and there's some like clout and weight that comes behind it. And, and it's a role that I think a lot of people like stride towards when they're in those lower roles or get into sales. It means all that means an account executive, if you don't know, it means you just have your own accounts that you either manage 
or interface with or sell to. You can make the most money in sales, being an account executive. And basically your commission, in a lot of cases, you are being paid half base and then half commission to hit what's called an OTE. And I'll talk a little bit more about that as I kind of peel back the layers on what I was making each of those years, what my strategy was, and then basically depending on what you're making, what I think anyone can do. But basically, um, that was kind of the pinnacle. And um, I was in New York, I kind of did the hustle and bustle thing for at least, mm, I want to say like nine months, maybe it was closer to a year, but I want to say nine months, going into the city, dinners, um, partner events, affiliate events every single night. Um, just, just a lot of activity running in the city, running around, building relationships. And um, here's the interesting part. In that first year, I made more money than I ever made my entire life. Um, like I said, we'll get into the numbers, but basically it was 25, 26 years old, um, living in New York, doing the job that I thought I wanted and just made the most money that I basically ever could have imagined at that age. And it hit me that I just wasn't happy. I was not enjoying the thing that I was doing and I didn't want this lifestyle. And it was a little depressing, to be honest with you, when I took a step back. I was living in the city that I thought I wanted to live in. I was making what I thought I wanted to make. I was doing this side hustle business, which I thought I wanted to do. And it just wasn't adding up. So it took kind of a reflective step. At the time, I had a coach, Tyler Padzik. I'll shout him out. He's awesome. And I highly recommend you guys consider getting a coach or if you want any help, talk to Ty. But basically, I um, wasn't happy. And from there, just started to come up with more of a plan and life goals of getting out of New York or to be in New York for a portion of the year. Um, and right as that was kind of happening and I was starting to think about a plan, I don't want to say his name, but I know he's a listener of this podcast. Someone um, did something very like extreme, but I really admired this person. They They moved to a different city while still working in their current job and um, didn't really tell their manager. They just lived where they wanted to live. They were doing the job virtually. They'd fly back if they needed to, but kind of just gave me hope that I didn't have to live in a city that I didn't like or an area or lifestyle that I didn't want to be in. And I could still maybe make the corporate money that I was hoping to. Um, and then COVID hit. So fast forward a couple months, and that's when COVID kind of, to me, um, served as an opportunity. And I don't want to like sugarcoat this or kind of gloss over COVID. Obviously, it's a horrible thing. Anytime people are dying, one is too many. And it's just a horrible situation. But I remember thinking at the beginning specifically, you know, like if I don't get COVID or someone in my family doesn't get COVID and die, that this could be such an incredible opportunity that you could get ahead of so many things or so many people when the world is kind of paused. And again, I know it's not easy for everyone. And it was just the mindset that I was able to kind of trick myself into thinking at the beginning, but I was looking at it like, wow, this is finally my chance to get out of New York, live wherever I want and try to build this business for the next couple of months on the side while the world is essentially paused. Companies weren't really sure to handle things. They just knew people weren't in offices and some parts of the world were still kind of moving forward. Real estate being one of them, it wasn't really affected. So um, at the first sign, I broke my lease in New York, sold all my furniture, and then I moved to the Midwest. Some of you guys know that story. But really what that just meant for me was I had like maybe a year, because at that point, NetApp said that they were going to have people back in the office in July and COVID was hitting in March. This is about a year ago this time. And I just said, I am going to use this time to hopefully add enough passive income to be financially independent. So I thought I had seven months. It's kind of like a ticker. And um, this some people might not agree with or like, but I looked at it like, 
okay, I have that much time where I can focus tons of time and energy into something else. And um, kind of if, if my company finds out that I'm doing this, the company I work at, then that is what it is. And I'm not going to really stop, but I just need to do this. And if they catch wind and I get laid off or fired, that is what it is. But I just need to take care of myself first. And part of that means just doing things that you can only do while you still have a job from the capacity of getting loans. Um, so my plan kind of from the beginning was I'm not ever going to quit. I'm going to see how many hours from the least like hours I can do this job in every week, which I used to play a game with myself. And I recommend this for anyone. If, even if you love your job, it's just a great productivity, like technique to see how many hours a week you can do your job in. So the number that I was trying to do the job in was 10 hours a week. And some of the things that I was doing was I was only doing 15 minute meetings. If there was a meeting without an agenda, we would try to bat it down before a meeting even needed to happen. Um, only focusing on the biggest accounts, the biggest partners, the most important people within the company that could move the needle and see if it was possible to do the job in that time period. Um, and it was a fun game, but also just, again, like productivity for anyone who's trying to figure out, okay, if someone held a gun to my head, how could I do this job in five hours a week, 10 hours a week? What would the activities be? I'm obsessed with that question to just try to figure out how can I be the most productive if I had to be. So that was the mentality. Um, I was just going to see how long I could ride that out for until basically I got in trouble or someone found out or basically, you know, it kind of bubbled up to the surface. Um, and that is what ultimately ended up happening kind of at the end where uh, there was just basically kind of a sign or like an awareness that I was building a podcast, a business, these other things. And it just was too much and focus wasn't really involved. And it kind of became, you know, a little bit of a scrutiny type situation. So my message is this um, for anyone that is in a job right now. And I've been getting this question even more just in the last two weeks after kind of first mentioning it in the Facebook group that um, should I leave my job or should I work a job and build this on the side? My message is this, and this is the, the drum that I'm going to beat. And I'm going to be putting out a lot more content on this is that I think you should use your job for as long as you can to build cash flow, especially now in the COVID world where you can work from home or you can vir work virtually from, from time to time. You don't maybe have to be in the office all the time. And even if you are being told you do, you can probably get out of it by saying you're not feeling comfortable with it, or it doesn't feel safe to you, or you can be just as productive at home. Most companies now are just like productivity based or outcome based. So I wouldn't say that like, even if you had to quote unquote, be back in the office, you actually do. I'm sure you can make a case for it. And what I recommend is, and this is, there's gonna be a lot of content around this is to just do everything you can before you need to leave your job, meaning max out the amount of residential loans you can get, um, get all the equity pulled out of your properties, um, maybe get some hard money relationships or private money relationships because that stuff does dry up from a residential standpoint. Um, these are like all residential tactics and themes. Uh, if you're thinking about multifamily, start building those relationships now with brokers or lenders or general partners or um, KPs who can maybe help fund your deals or sign on your loans. These are all things that I would try to get done as soon as I could before ever having the job pulled away because I kind of think about it like it's an umbrella over your head when it's raining and I want to do as much as I can while I'm dry before I have to step out and feel kind of the, the cold or the wetness from just being out in the open. And this is the stuff that I would think about. I would put an enormous amount of pressure and time sensitivity on yourself to do these things if you want to be 
out of the job or financially free by a certain time. So, and that also includes like little things like get, if, if you have good insurance from your job, get all your medical stuff done in the next couple months, dentist, eyes, physicals, blood work, whatever it is, just get that done. It, because now like, you know, I will have insurance. Anyone that's an entrepreneur knows you'll have insurance, but in some cases it's just kind of an afterthought. So it's a good thing to just get ahead of, but um, there's just a bunch of checklists I'm going to be putting out for things that I recommend people do before they consider leaving or consider kind of just downsizing their hours within their actual job and trying to just do a side hustle more as a front hustle and uh, things like, you know, just all that. Another one I'm just thinking out loud here is make sure you have credit lines pulled or you have credit cards opened and you're able to get debt or you're able to get like basically equity secured if you needed to for a project that came up on a, on a quick basis, or you were just aware of all the strategies you could do without um, using bank loans, like wholesaling or Airbnb arbitrage or flipping with hard money or private money. All these things don't require residential. But anyway, I still think everyone should tap into those residential loans where you can get sub 3% debt and they will lend to you as much as you want. And then after that, you know, it doesn't matter. Like you can, you can choose to say you could choose to leave, but at least you've kind of sque squeezed all the juice out of the, uh, the orange, as they say, whatever. So that's just like top of mind. But anyway, this is the first week. So now there's a lot of stuff that I'm just trying to ramp up and scale, um, doing some hiring, building out some content, YouTube channel starting next week, doing a lot of batch filming, um, setting up these Airbnbs. Uh, kind of moving down to some wins of the week, the Airbnbs, one in the mountain, uh, Black Mountain that was furnished is pretty much done and set up, was out there uh, this past weekend. And actually I'm filming this right now from Pinehurst, North Carolina. Uh, you can kind of see there's some boxes in the background and stuff, but basically this is the other property being set up. So it's kind of back-to-back -back days, two properties that were purchased, both needed to be kind of tweaked and organized. Um, outfitted with smart locks or, or cameras or things like that, just to make sure that it could kind of flow from an out-of-state management perspective. And uh, as you guys know, so also on Instagram or Facebook, I've been posting a lot more, but um, we've been learning tons on just like how to manage inventory, how to manage returns, how to manage misorders and things like that, that you guys probably, you know, if you haven't done it before, could get some benefit out of that. We just wanted to document now that we didn't have kind of established on the first go. So just good things for a stand up, even though I have short term rentals, some of them came furnished or some of them were in different areas. So like for this one in Pinehurst, it's a little more challenging because there's a lot of sleeping options and it's a different sample or a different audience than we're going to have in the mountains In the mountains. It's going to be maybe um, a couple groups of, you know, individuals, bachelor parties, or, you know, like guys or girls just want to go on vacation. But for the most part, it's going to be families. So we had to orient the house in a way that was more family centered with games and the bedding to be done a certain way and beds in certain rooms and different sets of TVs. Whereas in Pinehurst, it's just about for us getting the amount of people into the property, because the majority of people that are here on this type of trip are going to be here for golf. So it's going to be groups of eight, 12, maybe even 16. So we were trying to figure out how to puzzle piece all the beds into the rooms or if we should do bunk beds or kind of like barrack style rooms. I always laugh when I think about, you know, my brother and Claire, they were helping out talk through kind of like the orientation of some of these beds. But at the end of the day, we had to appeal to a different audience. So I'm um, excited about that. This kind of goes into something I'll talk about a little bit later of moving to Florida uh, or at least physically moving to Florida 
at the end of the month or um, in the middle of the month rather, and having some things kind of set up and organized before then. So um, Pinehurst and the mountain property should be done this week. Um, just from a high level, these two properties are projected to cash flow between four and 5,000 a month after everything. So as you can see, that's a nice kind of add-on that I wouldn't have had if I couldn't get these loans, if I didn't have the job before. So securing these, now putting them on short-term rental sites, very nice way to do it. These are both with second home loans, 10% down, interest rates are 2.75. I cannot emphasize this enough. If you haven't used one of these loans before, please consider it if you have a W-2. I just think it's the best thing going right now and I have nothing to gain, but it's just what I'm doing. So I hope it helps you guys. Anyway, uh, moving down into content and what I'm absorbing, books, podcasts, YouTube videos. Um, I'm kind of breaking up the books I'm reading by time of day or like if it's an audiobook or if it's a Kindle book or paper book, kind of just like or a fiction book based on what I'm doing at the time or where I am. So right now I'm reading Man's Search for Meaning. That's the book that I'm reading before bed. It's on my Kindle, uh, on my iPad rather, but Kindle app. Um, all the books I'm reading now are in Kindle app. I've mentioned that I think before, but just now that I'm moving around so much, it's not convenient to have all these physical books. So Man's Search for Meaning, I think it's by Viktor Frankl. Um, incredible book, just such an eye-opening perspective, especially me being Jewish too, learning more about the Holocaust and just the mindset that these people had to overcome these just horrible, disgusting things. But um, just such a good perspective. I recommend it to anyone, uh, especially now as I'm just asking a lot more of the questions, what matters? What is important to me? What makes me happy? What makes me unhappy? So I really like that book. Um, then another one, kind of on the flip side of it, is about doing big things, 10X by Grant Cardone. I read this book probably when I was 21 or 22, impacted me, but you know, I kind of put it to the side. Now it's having a very different impact on me because a friend of mine, Ryan Daigle, recommended doing the audiobook version of this and Grant reads it himself. And it's amazing because he goes kind of off the script a bunch of times and he's just kind of talking and it's raw and it's his energy and so much better. I don't like audiobooks typically for the reason that I feel like the readers are so boring and it just sounds like a robot. But Grant just really spices the whole thing up. So I'm really enjoying that. It's giving me some new energy to just think so much bigger and it's not about me. If my goal was to make 20 or 30,000 a month passive cash flow, it's great. But he's saying if you made 100,000 a month or a million a month, then you could help so many more people, or you could basically hire a lot more people, or you could buy new properties, you can make a bigger impact on the world. So um, just a good reminder, you know, sure, you want to do it, whatever makes you happy. But in some cases, helping more people makes me happy and I want to have a bigger impact. So it's just a good reminder and kind of something to keep in the back of my head. Um, the mornings in when I'm just like kind of drinking coffee, I'm reading The Effective Executive by Peter Drucker. I think I mentioned that last week. Really good. A lot of Tim Ferriss's stuff comes from Peter Drucker. I feel like Tim pulls a lot from um, Effective Executive by Peter Drucker. And uh, I'm drawing a blank. I'm drawing a blank. I don't remember the other one, but there's another book that I feel like he pulls a lot from. It'll come to me. Uh, and then the next books I have teed up. I'm really excited to read these. Some of which were recommended by um, Lisa. If you're listening, she's my 12 week year coach. I think she recommended business made simple where I'm kind of going through a lot of questions of how to hire, how to train, how to pay people, how to scale, how to do contracts. And that book is an awesome kind of blurb book for everything simplified as the title kind of alludes. So I think it's written by Donald Miller. So excited to check that one out. And then the other two, I don't remember who recommended these, but if you're listening, just shoot me a note. I'll put you in the show notes. Um, the Lifestyle Investor and the Psychology of Money. 
And these are both books that are just interesting to me right now as I kind of talk about what's happening next in my life from a personal perspective. But these are interesting to me right now because I'm thinking more about really what makes me happy. Like now that I don't have to answer to anyone and that I am sufficient just with passive income, which is cool. Um, what makes me happy? What do I want to do every day? Like whose life do I want to maybe impact or what purpose do I want to have here? And you know, the, the mission for 26 years was just, you basically live to work. And now I feel very different about it that if that box is checked, I want to just do whatever makes me happy and what has a big impact. So those are, those are books that I think is going to kind of help me guide through that. And you know, I'll probably never stop asking that question, but at least uh, right now it's very top of mind. Um, okay. I mentioned enjoying Kindle, love the app, love reading on the iPad. And uh, as far as YouTube goes for the wholesaling business, that's going to be kind of the main focus right now to grow and scale. Last week I was excited. Uh, it was exciting to cash a couple bigger wholesale checks than I'd ever done before. One was a regular wholesale and then one was a whole tail, which is basically just a flip that requires very little work. But to keep getting smarter on those, I'm just watching Jerry Norton's content and Ryan Pineda's content. I'm enrolled in both of their courses and uh, seeing the results pay off. So enjoying that. So that's all good stuff there. And now winding down here to personal stuff, fun stuff, things that I'm doing. Um, I think I mentioned this last week. I'm pushed the date a little bit, but I am moving to Fort Lauderdale, at least my body. I'm moving to Fort Lauderdale on the 12th. And I say that because like, I'm really studying or thinking about like, what does it mean to be a little bit more nomadic? Like I'm pretty minimalistic as it is. Um, but just thinking more like, what do I actually need to be happy in a new city or a new place? Like, is it about the clothing? Is it about having my golf clubs? Is it about the people? Um, how do I create content? What computer do I need? My phone, my technology, but um, kind of been more of a fun thing because the tentative plan right now, this could change, but the tentative plan is to do Fort Lauderdale from March to April, then maybe Hawaii from April to May, um, then May to June in New York. And then in uh, maybe July or August, thinking about actually doing something a little bit more out there, either going to like Colombia or Brazil or Europe, if it's open, um, you would not believe, maybe we could post one of the, the links in the show notes here of one of the Airbnbs that I've just been looking at. There's a bunch, but just some incredibly like located priced Airbnbs in the hearts of these cities for like 50 or $60 a day. And it kind of just makes me think like, what would stop me from doing that? What do I have here that would keep me from doing something like that? If I have my computer, my camera, my mic, uh, my phone, like what else do I really need that I couldn't do that and do something called, some of you guys may be familiar with location arbitrage, which is just where you live where you want and you can basically save money by living in a place that you want and enjoy and you can run your business or you could run your life in other places and you're kind of just like hacking a system. Um, so that's really top of mind for me. It's just a funny concept, but I'm asking it more and more. And now that I don't physically have to really be anywhere, it's just a matter of um, where and when and why. So kind of exploring that there will be a lot more content on that stuff, guys. And also like hacks and tricks for maybe how I'm doing it, things like insurance or packing, or just like how to save money on Airbnbs, whatever, kind of just going down all those paths. Um, and then the last thing, as far as like, what's fun, um, it sounds kind of boring, but I've been enjoying the work. I've been enjoying the process of standing these places up. Claire was here this uh, weekend and it was just a blast. Like we had so much fun setting up the furniture and doing inventory and designing and just getting this place ready. Um, and it was just really fun. It was exciting and also documenting it. I really enjoy just kind of putting it out there and seeing people um, get something out of it and, you know, have questions and help people. So 
it's not like a fun thing to like get away from work, but like, I'm just loving the work right now. And that's something that I will also just leave you guys with this. I used to ask this question on the podcast when the show is a 60 minute show instead of a 30 minute show. And I would ask a lot of guests, what do you do for fun? And the weirdest thing, like this would happen a lot. And I remember hearing it on bigger pockets, but it impacted me more when I was asking the question. So many people would say the work is fun. I actually love the work. I love what I'm doing. And I remember like it, it absolutely just crushed, like it rocked me to think if I asked people that worked in corporate, what they did for fun, you would never, maybe, maybe one out of a hundred would say, I do the work for fun. I would do my corporate job on the weekends if I just had the time. But in entrepreneur world or real estate entrepreneurship, you hear that answer like, like half the time or maybe like, like more than half the time. It is the craziest thing. So it's just now I feel excited to be living a little bit more of that and hopefully only be doing that like more and more and scaling it, that the work is fun. Like it's fulfilling, it's helping people, it's living in a cool place and a cool property and getting to experience with people. Like it's really fun and fulfilling. So sure, I love to play golf, but you know, like maybe I can do both. That's what I'm hoping my typical day looks like. Work in the morning, do fun, fulfilling work. And then the afternoons, just play golf, finish up at one, two o'clock and basically just have automation and delegation and then kind of things just running in the background. But at least then I could do kind of the best of both. So that's the plan. But really guys, like it's just such a reminder that every day, not every day is good. Like, don't get me wrong. Like the alarm goes off most days. I'm like, like I'd still rather be sleeping. But the actual day to day, it's, it's so trite. It's so beat to death, but like, it's gotta be something you love and enjoy. And if you're not, then there's gotta be a path to get there. And I just, I feel really excited and lucky and blessed to have that opportunity right now. And, um, just excited to document and show you guys and basically help more people kind of do the same. So as always, if you have any questions, please do not hesitate. We're trying to get a better handle on managing social media, like DMS and comments and stuff. So um, I am still checking all of myself. I want to continue doing that and just getting back to people and helping people. If you have any questions, I still leave my calendar open on Fridays for anyone that wants to schedule time with me. Um, if I am not flying or something, you know, I still just want to help people or talk to people and see maybe where they have gaps and just keep kind of driving that because it's really fun. And now just my eyes are opening even that much more. So hope you guys just continue on. And uh, if you have any questions, again, my Instagram and um, Facebook group will be linked below. Best way to get in touch or best way to kind of put questions out and see what I'm doing. And uh, that's pretty much it, guys. Hope you have an awesome week and weekend and talk to you guys soon. See you next time. Hey, you millennial millionaire. Do you want more? Then head to the Millennial Millionaires Through Real Estate Facebook group, where there are tons of step-by-step walkthroughs, tools, templates, and free networking to help you achieve financial freedom through real estate. And if you want Jonathan to help you personally reach your goals, then feel free to set up a one-on-one call in the link below or message him on any social media platform and apply to, well, work with Jonathan.